0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of, where stars are born. born! But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories that, when sewn together, form an incredible history. The secret history of Hollywood. Available now, wherever you get podcasts. In the summer of 2021, Indigenous people across Canada started visiting the sites of former Indian residential schools. With ground penetrating radar devices in hand, they slowly swept the earth, hoping with heavy hearts to confirm a long held rumor about the untold numbers of Indigenous children who had vanished while enrolled in these facilities. Sure enough, the radar exposed what they had long suspected and feared. The grounds of the former Indian residential schools, like Kamloops in British Columbia to name one, contained bones, hundreds upon hundreds of bones, of children who had been forced into the schools between 1883 and 1996 so they could be assimilated, their native language, culture, and traditions stamped out. For decades, many families were told that the missing children had simply run away. But as one of the searchers said at the time of the Kamloops discovery, we had a knowing in our community that we were able to verify. At this time, we have more questions than answers. Although recent discoveries in Canada have forced a political reckoning there, the United States is only just beginning to grapple with its own history of Indian boarding schools, Starting in the 19th century, the U.S. opened hundreds of schools with the explicit mission to kill the Indian, save the man. To date, the fates of many of the countless children who were sent there remains uncertain. (laughs) You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the untrodden corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're peeling back the curtain on the dark history of Indian boarding schools in the United States. From the moment Europeans first arrived in North America, they simultaneously coexisted and fought with the indigenous people who'd already been there for millennia. But as the 18th century rolled into the 19th, the philosophy of many US policymakers towards Native Americans began to shift. Instead of battling tribes or living alongside them, policymakers sought to control and quote civilize them. By explicitly seeking to stamp out their existing cultures. The first push to do this came in 1819 with the passage of the so-called Civilization Fund Act. This act gave the president the power to improve the habits and conditions of Native Americans by employing capable persons of good moral character who could introduce tribes living on the frontier to what the act called the arts of civilization. Following the passage of the act, schools that focused on educating Native American children began to pop up within Native American held lands. Run by Christian missionaries and funded by the government, these schools sought to obliterate tribal traditions by introducing Native American children to Christianity. By the 1880s, the government operated some 60 schools for 6,200 Native American students. Held on reservations, the schools preached Christian values, taught lessons about history, math, and English, and emphasized the importance of the individual over the collective—in other words, the opposite of how many Native American societies were structured. But policymakers didn't think that these schools were doing enough to educate Native American children and assimilate them into American society. For some, the question of how Native Americans fit into American society writ large had become especially urgent. The completion of the Transcontinental Railroad in 1869 meant that waves of white settlers were pushing west, where they frequently clashed with indigenous people. One man, a U.S. Army lieutenant colonel named Richard Henry Pratt, who had served in the Civil War and fought Native Americans in the West, believed the system needed to be remade entirely. He said, A great general has said that the only good Indian is a dead one and that high sanction of his destruction has been an enormous factor in promoting Indian massacres. In a sense, I agree with this sentiment, but only in this, that all the Indian there is in the race should be dead, kill the Indian in him, and save the man." Pratt first started developing his ideas about education in the 1870s. Then, as a jailer for Native American prisoners of war, he succeeded in getting 12 men to convert to Christianity. Pratt believed that if he could reach more people, children especially, he could quote-unquote save Native Americans. This idea, to kill the Indian, save the man, informed Pratt's philosophy of how to educate Native American children. And, soon, he put it into practice. (laughs) Following that philosophy, Pratt opened the Carlisle Indian School in Carlisle, Pennsylvania in 1879. This school was different than those that had come before it. Namely, it was off reservation. As the headmaster, Pratt wanted his students to experience complete assimilation into white culture. Before long, schools like the Carlisle Indian School rapidly spread across the United States. Just 20 years after the Carlisle School opened its doors, 20,000 Native American children were in boarding schools just like it. By 1925, 60,000 children, or about 83% of all Native American children, were enrolled in boarding schools. At the peak, the United States had 367 indigenous boarding schools across 29 states. But Native American students and their families didn't have a choice in the matter. If tribes refused to offer up their children, Indian agents often threatened to withhold rations of food. Sometimes, these agents called in the police to physically seize children from their parents. It wasn't until 1978 that the Indian Child Welfare Act decreed that Native American parents could refuse to place their children in off-reservation schools. Until then, thousands of Native American children were forced into boarding schools. Upon arrival, they were swiftly severed from their culture and everything they'd ever known. Their long hair was cut. Their traditional clothing was taken and replaced with a uniform. Even their names were snatched away. The children were given white names instead. From there, any hint of their former life was severely suppressed. Children were expected to celebrate Anglo-Saxon holidays, eat with a fork and a knife, and refrain from speaking their native languages even among themselves. Girls learned to cook, clean, and sew. Boys were taught skills like farming and shoemaking. They were being prepared to enter the white world and leave the world they had known behind. Sometimes these students resisted, but those who clung to what was familiar and beloved were punished. They were thrown in solitary confinement, refused food, and subjected to terrifying corporal punishments. Some students died of disease, poor nutrition, and neglect. They never returned home but many other students lived to tell their stories. According to former students of Indigenous boarding schools and their descendants, Native American children were routinely subjected to abuse. One survivor, Norman Lopez, was sent to a boarding school in Colorado at the age of six. He remembers school administrators taking a wooden flute carved for him by his grandfather and breaking it and throwing it in the trash. He also recalls being forced to sit in a corner for hours as a punishment and how when he tried to get up, a teacher threw him back down. Another survivor, Jacqueline Frost, recalls frequent beatings. She said, I don't know if it was a broom or a mop, I just remember the stick part. There was belts, there was hangers, there was shoes. There was sticks, branches, wire. Denise Lajmadir, an Ojibwe author and a founding member of the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition, whose parents both attended boarding schools, says that they each endured harsh punishments. For not speaking English, her mother was locked in a closet and forced to kneel on a broomstick. If her mother peed her pants in the closet, nuns would take her out and beat her. Her father was subject to even more extreme punishments. When he struggled to learn English, school administrators washed his mouth with lye soap. He was beaten with a belt and even witnessed another student die following a beating. Lajmadir, whose book Stinging Rosaries includes interviews with survivors of indigenous boarding schools, also stated that almost everyone she interviewed was either subjected to sexual abuse or witnessed it happening to somebody else. In one of her interviews, a survivor named Elise offered the following harrowing account. She said, I was four years old when stolen and taken to Oregon. The matron grabbed me and my sister, stripped off our clothes, laid us in a trough, and scrubbed our genitals with lye soap, yelling at us that we were filthy savages, dirty. I had to walk on my tiptoes, screaming in pain. Even those who remembered their time in boarding school fondly, notes Lajmadir, still recalled witnessing abuse. Across the border, things were no better in Canadian schools. A survivor from the Marival Indian Residential School recalls being made to feel that she didn't have a soul. Another survivor from Kamloops Indian Residential School remembered, We were told we were ugly. We were made to feel like we were nothing but dirt. Some students, he added, had simply disappeared. But the stories of these students are finally getting the attention they deserve. Both Canada and the United States are starting to reevaluate the use of boarding schools to assimilate Indigenous children. Slowly, quietly, both Canada and the United States have started to acknowledge the horrors that happened at Indigenous boarding schools. In 1969, the U.S. Senate produced a report on schools entitled, Indian Education, a National Tragedy, a National Challenge. The report acknowledged the last 90 years of policy had had a, quote, disastrous effect on the education of Indian children, unquote. Nine years later, parents finally had a say in whether or not their children went to boarding school at all. Soon, schools across the country started to close as enrollment dropped. Even so, the history of Indigenous boarding schools in the United States has long lingered in the shadows. But a horrific discovery in Canada has started to change how Americans think about the legacy of these institutions. In May 2021, Indigenous people in Canada uncovered 215 bodies of students on the grounds of the former Kamloops School in British Columbia. Just a few weeks later, hundreds more bodies were uncovered on the grounds of the Marival Indian School. Canada had worked to acknowledge its brutal history of Indian residential schools in the past. The government offered a formal apology in 2008 for perpetuating cultural genocide, and a 2015 Truth and Reconciliation Commission found that some 4,000 students had died while in school from neglect, diseases, and accidents. But the discoveries of the bodies signal that the systemic abuse in boarding schools was far worse than previously acknowledged. A member of the committee even said that he wouldn't be surprised if well beyond 10,000 children had perished in Canadian Indian residential schools. The discovery also shone a spotlight on similar schools in the United States. Stories of abuse at these schools had long abounded. Could former indigenous boarding schools in the U.S. contain small bodies forgotten by history? Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland, a Native American woman herself, has promised an investigation to review the, quote, troubled legacy of federal boarding school policies, unquote. When asked about unmarked graves in the United States, however, she demurred. I don't know, Holland said. I can't answer that. Other Native Americans are more certain of what any federal investigation will uncover. Will bodies be found on school grounds? Absolutely, according to Laj Madir. She said, A resounding yes, we will find unmarked graves at boarding schools. Some estimates suggest that there could be as many as 40,000 unmarked graves in the United States. And in November 2021, researchers even confirmed that at least 87 students had died at the Genoa U.S. Indian Industrial School in Nebraska, although no graves have yet been discovered on its grounds. In that way, the story of indigenous boarding schools in the United States is an unfinished one. For survivors and their families, it's an open wound. Though some children who went through boarding schools never spoke of their time there, and others never made it out alive, the United States seems poised to finally, at long last, shine a light on this dark era of American history. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcasts at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. What did it take to survive an ancient siege? Why was the cult of Dionysus behind so many slave revolts in ancient Rome? What's the tragic history and mythology behind Japan's most haunted ancient forest? We're Jen. And Jenny. From Ancient History Fangirl. Join us to explore ancient history and mythology from a fun, sometimes tipsy perspective. Find us at ancienthistoryfangirl.com or wherever you get your podcasts.